The Good Neighbor Network, FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and online at WGNSRadio.com. This is WGNS Action Line, talking with Rutherford County newsmakers about what matters most to you. Now your host, Scott Walker. Right now that time, 820, uh, Thomas Laird with us and Rachel Singer. Don't worry, I've got your... Parks and Rec music to fade in there. <laughs> Again, we're talking about Murfreesboro Parks and Rec this morning. And uh, I, I guess just starting off, as we're closing out the year, what are big things going on with Murfreesboro Parks and Rec? Well, we've had a, you know, a, a really good year considering the previous year. Yeah. Uh, so things are back up to to. We're almost back to 100% most all of our facilities. You know, hats off to the staff and, and leadership for guiding us through the, the pandemic. And I, I think we learned a lot and we started, we, we're doing a few things differently. And, uh, you know, I, I think we're in a, a much better place than pre-pandemic. And uh, I know whenever the pandemic started, I, I mean, everybody... I mean, city offices, state offices, nobody really knew what to do at first. Right. There, there was no real, real clear direction. Uh, I think the one thing that we all noticed, though, that uh, especially during the lockdown was that our outdoor spaces were being utilized. And uh, we saw, while we all knew the potential, <laughs> I think uh, Murfreesboro, the general public, uh, realized the potential and the opportunities that are offered in our outdoor spaces through use of the Greenway and our disc golf course and uh, just All open our natural space. areas yeah. yeah hey i think at first people were leery to even go out in public you know <laughs> right, in, in the very right. beginning of the whole pandemic and then after a little while you know the government started talking more about you know social distancing right. which was a new term that we all all of a sudden heard a lot about yeah and uh people started using the parks a whole huh. lot more and you know the timing we we had just completed the the portion of the greenway at the mm-hmm. north uh, and you know that people were able to see that from the road and see people walking I think that one stretch along veterans uh, it's kind of inspiring when you drive by and all mm-hmm. the people are walking and biking and, yeah. and stuff you know so uh, I, I think that encouraged people to get out I, I saw more canoers kayakers on the river as well which which was uh, you know a cool thing because uh, well, we've got a great river that goes right through Rutherford County. Right, yeah. And that's what we've seen a lot of, you know, with Outdoor Murfreesboro that provides um, instruction and um, t- to get people out there and trying those new activities. That just exploded, you know. And, uh, and they, they've always been popular activities, but we had waiting lists and tried to add more of those type of things mm-hmm. because they've, they've got to be small groups, you know, to, to be able to ensure the quality of the instruction. So, um, yeah, it was it was great. And it's still, it's still happening. You know, it's yeah. hard to find find a kayak if you want to purchase one it's it's still hard to find a bike mm-hmm. um, people love the outdoors right now yeah in the beginning of the whole pandemic I, I, it was next to impossible to buy a new bike mm-hmm. you know, the bike stores were sold out you couldn't find them online I mean it was it was pretty crazy for a little while there well another thing that exploded was the disc golf it actually prompted us to develop and install a new disc golf course to to help meet the demand uh, I mean, you played at Barfield, you were waiting every hole. So uh, now we've got two courses, one on the north, one on the south end of town. And 
So that second golf course, which is out past the VA, the, the Veterans Administration out there on Memorial, the, the idea to build that one, did that come about during the whole COVID pandemic? Well, personally, I've been pushing for 20 years for a new course. Uh, but the, the need, what we, we really couldn't justify the need. The, the demand wasn't quite there. Uh, but with the pandemic hitting, you, you literally could not go to barfield without having to wait every single hole and uh, you know people took note of that uh, so our leadership team just started kind of brainstorming what areas within the city we could possibly expand and it just worked out the water department had land that they weren't able to utilize for uh, spraying the repross water and so you know it just worked out that we had an ideal location that was unusable for anything else and and so, that's a beautiful course. If you is. haven't been out there, you should take up disc golf just to walk the course. <laughs> right. I, I've yeah. played it multiple times at Barfield, but I haven't been to the new location. Yeah. The new one is more, it's it's not a beginner course. I'm be up front and about it. I look at some of the reviews and uh, some of the bad reviews are guys that's been playing less than a year because it's really long. It has a lot of open shots, uh, but the elevation changes and the scenery. I mean, each hole is really unique. Uh, and even the really long 700 foot hole you're throwing downhill then you're throwing flat uphill so it it changes it's a it's a really good course but it is professional uh or or more advanced level course and then with canoeing and kayaking there is a launch ramp at just about every greenway trailhead right there's one at manson and one at thompson lane those are the two that we really point people towards um, and then there's one at walter hill for right no. Um, you can get to Walter Hill, and then you'd have to go all the way to Mona, which is a long float, but it could be pretty. I, I've, mm-hmm. I've put in before uh, at Case and Lane once, and, you know, there's not a launch ramp there, but we had to drag the kayaks down there. But, you know, it, it, it's still cool. It's still worth it because uh, it's yeah. it's a lot of fun, yeah. especially yeah. during the summer as long as the water's hot enough. Yeah. My favorite float is from Manson Trailhead all the way to Nice's Mill. Mm-hmm. That's uh, a long way. It is. That's, That's about a, a four depends on the water levels right uh, and i've done that before and, and you know the unique thing about that area of the river it's it's deeper in a lot of areas for one uh but for two you also pass a lot of unique things mm-hmm. you know I, I know there is a uh, uh, rehabilitation facility that is along that stretch of the river and you often see guys out there who are you know working on different projects doing bible studies or whatever it's just it's an interesting section of the river the the stones river is amazing and i think a lot of people take it for granted you know they just drive over the bridge or you know and and if if they ever have an opportunity i really encourage people to get out on the water because you kind of forget you're in murfreesboro you You know there's areas that are real bluffy um you can see a lot of wildlife Mm -hmm. um it just it just kind of transports you and you don't feel like you're in the city it's phenomenal that you're right mm-hmm. in the middle of the city you know murfreesboro is really unique in that not only is the the river takes you away while you're inside the city but also with the greenway what are we up to 14 miles almost 15 mm-hmm. and and you could what bike 15 miles Paddle camp it, out whatever the, you want to do <laughs> camp out for the night bike 15 <laughs> back and never leave city limits you that's, know, that's right a, most most cities big cities you're not able to do right. that in, in addition to the Stones River, you have the Lytle Creek in downtown Murfreesboro behind Cannonsburg. And, and now that's about to see some changes, uh, Lytle Creek, because you're about to connect Town Creek to Lytle Creek 
Uh, I know it's already connected underground, but it's going to be daylighted. And I know the mayor continues to talk about that project coming up very soon. Right. Yeah, we're looking forward to that happening. The, you know, the plans look great. and, um, we're and So once that takes place, I, I mean, it's going to be, I, I guess, is there going to be a bridge built right there, Broad and South Church, or is it going to be underground in that little area? They've talked about a bridge. Uh, I don't know how, you know, where that falls in the phases, but um, that, that area is going to really transform, and it's going to be kind of that gateway to Murfreesboro. Um, kind of the interest to downtown. It is. Yeah. It is. Yeah. And then the the bottom study that they started a couple of years back, it, it looks like that's going to change the entire face of well, right out the back window there, you know. Yeah. Uh, Cannonsburg all the way to South Church, and, yeah. and I know a lot of folks were calling for the idea of maybe building an amphitheater over there. Mm-hmm. Right. There's there's a lot of potential, a lot of possibilities, mm-hmm. and um, we're looking forward to. It you know, what, what's going to come of that and, and to be able to utilize those areas. So if all of that takes place over the next few years, will Murfreesboro Parks and Rec be the organization that's over, let, let's say, for the idea of the, uh, the amphitheater? Would it be Parks and Rec over that? Uh, you know, w- with the multiple multitude of partnerships and the various ways, you know, Murfreesboro leadership does a really good job of partnering with outside entities so sometimes it's really uh, hard to say whether Murfreesboro Parks and Recreation would handle that or a nonprofit volunteer organization it, I think it really comes down to the partnerships that are developed and and how we achieve that I the guess goal could, of developing that could even be a, a public private partnership right, even. Right, so right. yeah yeah but things like that in our community are uh, you know, unique, first of all, but second of all, a lot of communities that are similar in size to Murfreesboro all across the country don't have all the outdoor recreation activities that we have. They don't, and I think a lot of that is maybe the, the partnerships uh, that we develop and the way that we've gotten things done over the years. Look at the Adams Tennis Complex. That's a yeah. great example of a, a partnership uh, that provides a huge service not only to Murfreesboro but Middle Tennessee uh, it's the premier facility uh, and without that partnership I'm not sure that that project would have even been possible uh, we've got several areas that we do that I, I think leadership does Siegel Parks another mm-hmm. great where we have a, a partnership with Tennessee State Soccer to help ma- maximize the usage of the facility so I think with things like that uh, we're up for whatever the need is if, if we need to manage it and oversee it we're up for that task if if we just need to lend support we'll do that as well (laughs) again with us this morning thomas laird and rachel singer from the murfreesboro parks and recreation department now out there at the soccer complex the i I guess the uh, the the moving forward of an indoor soccer facility has been ongoing where does that stand right now well the footers are poured uh and we've um stabilize the soil with inside the uh, building uh, so now they're ready to start hanging iron uh, so we're excited uh, of course this is a bad time to be working on construction projects uh, the weather's so inconsistent uh, but i think provided we get good weather days we're going to start seeing things go up uh, we've got four fields completed of course of our turf fields so three fields are prepped they should be laying putting down the turf here in the next few weeks uh, for those fields uh, so we're on track and we're hoping you know by 
by spring fling, the whole f the facility will be complete and the project will be uh, ready to accept all the, the players and coaches. And, and So that is all out there. Again, close to the VA, mm -hmm. Cherry Lane area, uh, the Seagull Soccer Complex. How many fields, once everything is said and done, how many fields are going to be artificial turf versus real grass? There will be eight artificial turf fields we have uh, 15 fields out there uh, now we kept our stadium field natural grass because that's the preferred uh, surface for soccer players and traditionalists yeah. true soccer uh, I know uh, the state tournament for high school they like to have a grass field so um, but the indoor will have turf field then we have one through four uh, and then we're doing six field six uh, eight six seven and ten uh, will be turf as well. So a total of eight. Uh, so on the indoor field, how many seats will you have there for spectators to, to watch the games? You know, we're going to play it kind of by ear, and we're going to utilize tip and roll bleachers, so we'll, they'll be mobile and flexible. I think the, the big emphasis is not so much for a spectator-type facility. That On that aspect, it's a training facility where we can condition and train and and you know play all year long regardless of the weather uh, so I think we'll have the ability to move in if we have a major event there we'll be able to move in temporary seating but we're not installing any permanent seating on the indoor uh, it'll all be temporary that we're we'll be able to adjust and maximize the space now one of the soccer fields out there it does have stadium style right. seating mm -hmm. with bleachers and everything uh, and I guess that's gonna remain right it's a thousand seat uh, that's stadium right now it is pretty good size and then yeah we've got room for expansion and and we've talked of future expansion right now then the next phase once we get the indoors completed uh we're moving forward with putting a building uh there that would be office buildings and and support building for all the other facilities uh and then another project that we're we should be beginning after the first of the year is restrooms at the Jordan Farm Fields. We have six fields further down Cherry Lane, uh, and Murfreesboro Soccer Club is kind of taking residence there. Uh, so that that project will be completed. We put lights in this year, and so hopefully we'll have restrooms and and additional parking coming in the coming year and over the years you've had championship soccer games with you know high schoolers junior school you know junior high mm -hmm. uh from all over the country i know folks from texas have even been here to play soccer championship games and i, I guess that's going to continue and sounds oh. like grow right well we actually had a, a tournament in december which is unusual <laughs> but with the turf fields we we're able to expand our seasons uh but it there was close to 200 teams at that wow. term and only three teams i believe were from the state of tennessee uh so internationals puerto rico mexico uh competed in that tournament so it's huge economic benefit to the com uh, community the local economy benefits greatly from soccer tournaments i always try to put it in perspective if you look at a individual sport uh say tennis the largest tennis tournament we host is 500 kids for junior team tennis uh, which is a lot uh, but if you put in say that we have 200 soccer teams average of about 15 to 20 people on the team that's a lot of hotel rooms uh, a lot of folks coming in uh, spending their money and then leaving we don't have to provide trash service you know we don't have to provide the services that we would uh, 
the tourism dollars. Right, exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And do you ever foresee hotels being built out that direction of where the Seagull soccer complex is? Well, I know when uh, the master plans is to expand Cherry Lane. Uh, so I foresee with a lot of the, the updates we've had on development, uh, you know, there's a lot of exits. you got a Veterans Parkway exit. You've got the... Uh, the exit on uh, Old Murfreesboro Road. I, I think at some point along 840, we're going to see a, a growth of hotels. I'm not sure which <laughs> exit it, that would be at and, and what location, but I'm sure there's a developer somewhere that has an idea <laughs> of what that looks like. <laughs> and, and, of course, that Cherry Lane 840 interchange is something that's been long talked about, right. so that's still in the planning stages. And, and once that occurs, I'm sure we're going to see a lot more growth. Right, right. Now, yeah. the city of Murfreesboro, they just had that major announcement of a mm -hmm. massive sports complex yep. coming to Murfreesboro on Broad at 840. And when things like that are announced, it, it does spark the interest of other developments as mm -hmm. well. Is the city parks and rec department, are they going to be able to utilize or tie in services with that massive new sports complex when it's complete? Well, I... I think eventually we'll we'll have some sort of partnership so that we're able to host uh, major major events. You know, Seagull Park, uh, even with our extra fields, we have 21 regulation soccer fields. Well, that really wasn't enough for this last tournament we had. They needed some additional fields and actually use some high school fields. So, having additional facilities here uh, will certainly be a benefit. Uh, I think. Murfreesboro sets a gold standard in facilities, and whether it's private or, or public, we still maintain the gold standard, and I think that'll continue. Uh, I think this new facility is really just going to help us expand and, and, you know, take care of those folks that we're now having to turn away. Uh, you know, the cool thing about that being built here, the whole idea of the TSSAA Spring Fling it was born in Murfreesboro. The whole idea that mm -hmm. came about that led to the Spring Fling events, it, it was literally grown and born right here in Murfreesboro. And it, it's pretty much where it has been year after year for the most part. Right. Yeah, I think it started in Chattanooga was the first yeah. year. They moved it to Memphis. Uh, and then we brought it here. And, uh, you know, I think the whole chamber and everybody involved with that event, we took a bus to the... TWSWA office when we bid on it. Uh, so uh, I don't know, it's a busload of members from the community to support the event. Uh, but what really sealed the deal was when they came here and we rolled out the red carpet and that Murfreesboro hospitality, not just at the parks, but at the high schools and the volunteerism in Murfreesboro, uh, they've not been able to find that anywhere else. And the good thing about Murfreesboro is its central location in Tennessee and you have such easy access to you know i840 i24 i40 i65 i mean they're all either right here or within a 20-minute drive of right. us yeah that we are the geographical center of the state uh we used to be i'm not sure with i guess the new census will tell us but we were the population center mean of the state uh, and then we're within 500 miles of two-thirds of the United States. Yeah, pretty wild <coughs> stuff. Right. And coming up, and this is also under Murfreesboro Parks and Rec, we've got the New Year's Day 5K, the Polar Bear Plunge. I, I guess what's going to be first, the New Year's Day 5K? New Year's Day yeah. 5K? Yeah, it's going to be a great event. Looks like the weather's going to be a little balmy. 
Um, <laughs> I don't know if that's good or bad for runners, but um, uh, yeah, it's going to be great. So it's uh, January 1st, obviously. It's going to start at 11 o'clock. Um, we do have a cap of 500 participants, and we're about at 375 today. Um, there's no um, day of registration, so the last day to register will be Thursday at Packet Pickup. So if you are kind of on the fence thinking about it, um, the deadline to, to get signed up, if there's still spots available, will be Thursday. And the race, it's going to start at Barfield Park, which I think it did last year as well. Uh, where will it go? Where will runners actually run? Yeah, so we've kind of bounced this race back and forth. It was at Barfield for a couple of years. The last couple of years it's been at Old Fort. Um, this year it will be back at Barfield. Um, we all know that that's a beautiful park, so it's going to start down by the ball fields and kind of come out to the greenway a little bit. It won't be on the greenway, but um, and then it'll go up through the Wilderness Station trails, so you get a little bit of um, some some trail running in there. Um, get a all, good hill. All unpaved. <laughs> yes, get, we're going to get that good hill in. <laughs> it will be all unpaved um, surface, though. So and will it go down Volunteer Road and hit 231 South, or not, not this that year? Far? Okay. Nope. It'll all be contained within the park so okay. it, it will be a beautiful run um, and we'll just utilize most of the park there um, and then start and finish at the ball fields and yeah. that is the morning of new year's day right it is yeah. and i think this is the only run within the park right i mean within the, the, the mm -hmm. city's for you know 20 years they've been adamant that we would not um tie up barfield park for mm -hmm. events like this because it gets such usage but this is the one day a year <laughs> that you get to actually compete on the trails and and run barfield park so and over 350 people already registered there's only right. room for 500 and there's just a couple of days left to register right, right. you can go to run sign up um and search uh, new year's day 5k and be able to register then um packet pickup like i said it will be on thursday at patterson park Registration fee is $25. Get a great T-shirt and just come out and, um, you know, Kick start the, the year off. Right. Yeah. It, it, a 5K is what? What? 2.5 miles? 3.1 miles. 3.1 miles. Mm -hmm. See, it's obvious. I don't run a lot of these races. <laughs> <laughs> but again, that's January 1st. You need to register ahead of time. And it's going to be what time on that Saturday? 11 o'clock. 11 o'clock. Okay. So you don't even have to get up super early. That's good. That's <laughs> right. good because, you know, people will be out partying the night right, before. Right, right, <laughs> right. <laughs> and then also the polar bear plunge is right oh. around the corner, but we got to take a short break. So when we come back from that, let's hear all about how Thomas plans to jump in that freezing <laughs> pool. <laughs> yeah. and, and I don't, do you know, have any idea what the temperature is going to be yet? You know, I have no. Your guess is as good as mine, <laughs> but uh, like, I, I'll you, try to find that out. In just it's usually a correlation with the outside temperature. <laughs> yeah, you know that usually is how it works. <laughs> We're talking about Murfreesboro Parks and Rec this morning. Time right now, eight forty-one. Thomas Laird and Rachel Singer in studio with us from the Parks and Rec. Stay with us. We have more news, more information coming up in just a second. The Action Line on FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. If I could talk to the animals. Hi, this is Amanda from Animal City. Whether you're a brand new hobbyist or have been into aquariums for a long time, we have all of the supplies to either get you started or keep you going. One of the best things about coming to Animal City is the knowledgeable and caring staff. We are here to help you with all your pet needs. 
When you stop in to see us at Animal City, make sure to explore all two stories of our wonderful pets and pet supplies. Animal City is at 919 Northwest Broad Street in Murfreesboro. Hi, this is Peter Demas with Demas's Restaurants. One of the places I love to eat out the most and still be able to do so and maintain a healthy weight is at Demas's. You can get those options on the menu online at www.demasrestaurants.com. You can make the decisions that you want to make before you come in. We have options ranging from grilled chicken to fish. You can get it with a side of green beans or spinach or even zucchini. Please have your family join our family for lunch or dinner at Demas's. Listen live to WGNS Radio on our website, and Alexa, or Google devices. Search WGNS Radio for on-demand podcasts in iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Plus, we have direct links to podcasts at WGNSRadio.com. Hi, this is Becky Bookner, and I'm just so proud to talk about the veterans in our community and what an incredible gift they've given all of us, and that's our freedom and the right to live in this country and we're so grateful to them for the sacrifices they've made if you're not waking up to the wake-up crew here's what you've been missing did you know i can make noise with my left eye <laughs> I, 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 I was I trying did. to get it on the microphone <laughs> oh you did weekday mornings from six until swap and shop wgns proudly salutes and remembers our u.s veterans who have served our country we're talking with retired u.s army master sergeant patrick garland I spent 17 years in the military police corps. I wound up in forensic sciences. He's learned from the who's who in forensic science. I worked with Dr. Pierre Fink, and he was one of the pathologists who assisted in the autopsy of President Kennedy. I worked with the Armed Forces Institute of Pathology. I studied gunshot wounds, and I was asked to examine the ball that was removed from President Lincoln's head and identify it as being the proper one. I had to go to Ford Theater and look through all the medical reports. Another case was much closer to home. A grave had been tampered with in Franklin, and part of a body was found, and it was sent to Dr. Bass in Knoxville. His assumption at the beginning of the investigation was that this was a fresh body, and it turned out he was killed in the Battle of Franklin back in the Civil War and he had been embalmed with arsenic at the time, and that was a good preservative. Dr. Bass said that he made a mistake by about 100 years on it. A different veteran story from retired U.S. Army Master Sergeant Patrick Garland. If you know a veteran you'd like to highlight, let WGNS know, and we'll honor them in our daily salute to veterans. Restoration One of Middle Tennessee. A team of experts and immediate responders who help homeowners after disaster strikes. After disaster strikes. Fire, water, or storm damage. We can help you get your life back to normal quickly. Restoration One Middle Tennessee.com. Locally and veteran. WGNS is growing to better serve North Rutherford County. We have a powerful signal in Smyrna and Laverne on FM 100.5. In Murfreesboro, we have you covered on FM 101.9 and, of course, on AM 1450. If you're looking for an authentic relationship with financial experts who genuinely care about your unique needs, Capstar Bank is for you. Capstar Bank is dedicated to the people of this community. Capstar Bank wants to help you reach your financial goals. Because at Capstar Bank, you matter to us. Capstar Bank, 2230 Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard, capstarbank.com, member FDIC, equal housing lender. Talk Radio, WGNS. 
putting the power of your free speech into action on air and online at WGNSRadio.com. The Action Line on FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. Time right now, 8.47, you're tuned to WGNS. Again on this Tuesday morning, today the 28th of December, and right around the corner, the Polar Bear Plunge. We're talking about Murfreesboro Parks and Rec. Rachel Singer and Thomas Laird with us this morning. So the Polar Bear Plunge, when's that going to be? That is going to be January 8th, uh, and it's, uh, you know, which 20 years. This will be the 19th jump because, uh, you know, one, last, last year we were... One year we didn't have it. Last year was it that mm-hmm. we didn't have as many jumpers. Uh, so we've had it 20 years, and there are some people that have jumped 20 years. I know Bart Fight uh, at Sportscom, very well known. Bart's This will be Bart's 19th time jumping. He missed one year because he was sick. Uh, uh, no and his wife, wouldn't let, <laughs> his wife wouldn't let him jump, but he's jumped every year since. And so I've been, I'm on the wrap for jumping. I, uh, this year we partnered with the city has partnered with special olympics uh so special olympics is a a part of that and i've committed to the special olympics team that i would jump on their behalf to to keep the rest of the management team from having to to do that so have you ever jumped before i have many times okay (laughs) so are the diving boards open whenever there there is a diving boards open the slides are typically Mm -hmm. open so you can take whatever me personally, I like to jump in the deep end because I want to get it over with. And, uh, those people that jump in and then they still got to dip down again. <laughs> uh, you, you know, I've been out there before during the polar bear plunge. I didn't jump in, but some people stay in the water for a little while. It is. It's uh, extremely exhilarating, <laughs> let's just say the least. But you you feel it all day long. It really is. It, it, it uh, you're just kind it's of feeling exhilarating. It does. <laughs> Uh, I I was looking at the weather forecast, and for that Saturday, the low 32, the high 47, and uh, it it all starts at, what, 8.30, and then people get in the pool at what time? Uh, Well, we'll have the inside, we we have where people can register, and there's forms to fill out and stuff, and, and... uh, but we have games for kids called the Arctic Adventure. So from 8 to 10, uh, we're indoors in, in the gym enjoying the Arctic Adventure, playing games. We've got T-shirts, photo ops, and booths. Uh, and it, it really kind of helps build on that anticipation. And then about 10 o'clock, we'll bring everyone together, uh, have a few words, and then... Uh, perhaps say a prayer too right say a prayer too and then we'll head out to the outdoor pool and have a big countdown uh everyone will jump in and then the the indoor pool is open so it's always uh very nice to go from jumping to the indoor indoor pool so uh but this year's unique in that the partnership with special olympics it it really helps go towards a good cause uh rutherford county murfreesboro has a basketball team uh that has been selected to go to the Special Olympics USA Games in Orlando, Florida, which is a huge opportunity. Uh, and it's a really big deal to be able to represent the state of Tennessee uh, for our athletes. Uh, but of course, 
to go to Disney World and, and to do that is it comes at a significant cost. So special area 16 is, is partnered with the city for this event, especially to try to help funds to send our athletes where there's no cost to the athlete. You know, it, it's really disappointing to qualify for something like that and then the burden be placed on the family. And uh, I was in a situation in high school where I made it to a national event and I didn't see it at the time, but my parents made a lot of sacrifices to make sure I had that opportunity. Uh, so we yeah. won't. You know, for, for any of us in, in Rutherford County who have had kids, who've done cheer, gymnastics, any of that stuff, they know that Orlando is usually where they have these giant competitions, right. and it is very expensive, especially yeah. if your whole family goes. Exactly. And usually the time of these events that take place there, it's not a time where you typically would take a vacation and go to Disney World right. or something like that. So it is a big extra expense. Um but, you know, that, that kind of makes me think, you know, Orlando's got that massive ESPN mm -hmm. slash Disney World And, and that's where it is. It's the, it's the USA Games, so it's equivalent to the national mm -hmm. event uh, for Special Olympics. So all of the summer games will be held there and bot from bocce ball, uh, the basketball tournaments, track and field, uh, bowling. Uh, so it's, it's literally an Olympic summer games event. Uh, there at the world, I think it's the ESPN Wide World of Sports yeah. at, at Disney. Yeah. Uh, so the majority of the events are there. The athletes will stay in the resort. So I mean, that's a, it's really special for these athletes that get to go. Uh, you yeah. know, in Special Olympics, it really it fuels competition. A lot of th people think that it is a very inclusive organization, uh, but there's competition there. And while they're at different levels of skill uh it is still pretty heated competition especially the basketball this basketball team that's going they're really good uh so we're we're excited about seeing how they you know match up against some of the florida teams and some of these other teams that uh, are really good as well you know and and the special olympic sports the teams and everything it builds so much character and it builds confidence i mean it does a lot of good for sure for a oh, lot of absolutely. kids absolutely absolutely not just kids adults a lot of people think of our special needs community they immediately think of the kids and you special kids and things like this but in our community these kids grow up <laughs> and uh so adults with intellectual and physical challenges need activities and things to do as well and not only do they need to just have a rec league to participate in they need a, a an opportunity to compete just like all other typical uh, athletes do you know with our adult basketball leagues and our adult softball leagues and so you know special olympics offers that opportunity to compete which was one reason for the miracle field out right. in front of sportscom absolutely absolutely you know the miracle field really catapulted murfreesboro into uh becoming a more inclusive community uh, i always tell the story that not only did we build the the field itself, but city leadership had the for in uh, the foresight to say to not a, to build a, a playground that was inclusive, but also to build the uh, t-ball field that's adjacent to that, uh, and that's changing our culture. Not only we have the high school players that come work with the mil uh, the Miracle Field or Miracle League players themselves, so that puts it on the high school level but then we got four and five year olds playing t-ball and so in between games they're interacting on the playground and so 
when those kids grow up, they won't have that uncomfortable feeling or that just not knowing how to interact because they've grown up with those uh, youth and adults. So I, I think it's really changing the culture, uh, and it's it's just allowed us to provide more and more services and more programs. And, of course, David Price and his entire family had a big impact when they built that entire facility and and you know and they still do yeah uh the price family is working with us we murfreesboro has been selected to host the miracle league all-star event for the national miracle league all-stars we'll host that in september uh and so the project one four foundation they're the leading uh sponsoring organization t- for that event uh they're the title sponsor uh to make sure that those it'll be over a hundred youth and adults from all over the country that will converge on murfreesboro uh, and they'll get to experience what our youth get to or our players experience every weekend and another cool thing that does take place out there you've had folks from the veterans administration Mm -hmm. those who you know are disabled veterans those who are uh, elderly even living in the veterans nursing home out there just down the street from sportscom they were able to play baseball oh, games they love there. to come play ball games and you know last year was a unique year but uh we fully anticipate them coming back this year uh you know the the field is is just phenomenal for our special needs community but like you say the the there's an elderly community our seniors uh our vets uh it's just an uh because of the access the the you know the Flat surface, wheelchairs, walkers, things like that can easily be maneuvered. Uh, the design of the facility allows for that. So it, it's really enjoyable. And I, I know our vets, they they love to play ball. So going back to the Polar Bear Plunge, it'll take place January 8th, which is a Saturday. The low that day, 32 the high at 47 and, and i so. reached out so water temperature is is really hard to predict right now because we've got <laughs> mm-hmm. it 65 70 degrees now uh and for it to to dip down to get really low so we anticipate it being cold <laughs> I, I bet. yeah because it looks like the thursday and friday before that saturday the low is 39 then friday 31 then that saturday 32 is the right low. so we the water temperature should drop dramatically uh, i assure you regardless of it it's cold <laughs> plus a chance of rain each of those days yeah i've jumped several years one year the outside temperature was like this 60 we thought it was unusually warm for january uh but it felt so much colder than the years that it outside temperature was in below 30. It, it's just you know you're jumping from a warm the water in the pool's cold regardless yeah. <laughs> and the cost to participate is it's, bring a it's canned free, food item or? it's free but we do ask everyone to either bring a canned food item to help replenish local food banks uh, or jump in there with the special olympics and and sponsor and we encourage people to get other people to sponsor you if you're jumping and your family's not willing to jump as well uh then have them sponsor you uh, that's what I'm doing to my family. I said, you guys don't have to jump. I'll jump for it, but y'all all have to sponsor me. <laughs> so, so bring some canned food items and, and maybe write a check to the Special Olympics as yep. well. Okay, that's all coming up. It'll be at Sportscom's Outdoor Pool Saturday, January 8th. And as we close this morning, we only have a minute and a half left. But you guys are also, when I say you guys, Murfreesboro Parks and Rec are also doing their buy one, get one at the yeah. same or lesser value sale and then the uh 
the city food drive, both coming up. Right, and all that information is on our website, murfreesboroparks.com. So it has a, all of our um, calendar and events that we haven't talked about today. Um, but, yep, we do have the buy one, get one um, going mm-hmm. on right now. And we have th- There's about three weeks left. And just to clarify, the buy one, get one free is any monthly or yearly pass. You can purchase one, get another for free. So if you have a friend that you want to join with uh, and you guys want to try it out, you can buy or if you want to buy six months, get a year free. Uh, there's a several different options on how, how you're able to do that and utilize that for either yourself or to partner with someone else. We do say if if you're purchasing with someone, we need someone needs to purchase it. You can purchase it together, but we ask both people be in person. Uh, and then again the city is having a food drive and collection locations would be the police department, city hall, public works golf course uh, all parks and rec facilities collecting food for the school backpack program. yeah that's the pack the packs program and uh the p- folks at patterson are gathering items and uh basically it's healthy snacks and, and it needs to be single serve items um, and these are items that are placed in the kids backpacks over the weekends so if you just think about you know like a microwave meal or a fruit cup or something like that is what we're looking for so positive stuff again this morning we've been talking about murfreesboro parks and rec our guests have been rachel singer and thomas laird and that's going to do it we're out of time